Hello and welcome to Rajya Sabha Television. You're watching the Big Picture with me, Frank Rausen Pereira. Well, the centre has issued a fresh advisory to states and union territories on mandatory action in cases of crime against women. The centre said that uh, the probe into rape cases must be completed within a span of two months as per law and that the dying declaration of a victim cannot be discarded or thrown out. The detailed three-page advisory of the Home Ministry came days after the alleged gang rape and murder of a woman in Hathras, Uttar Pradesh, which sparked a nationwide outrage. Well, the Home Ministry said that there should be compulsory registration of a first information report in case of a cognizable offence under the Criminal Penal Code. In this edition of The Big Picture, we will analyze how to tackle crimes against women. Joining me on the program today are Lalita Kumara Mangalam, former chairperson, National Commission for Women, Dr. Vikram Singh, former DGP Uttar Pradesh, and Urmi Goswami of the Economic Times. Thank you to all my guests for joining me on this edition of The Big Picture. Ms. Kumara Mangalam, let me start the program with you. What do you make of this advisory that the Home Ministry has given out to the states and the union territories, do you believe with this now that we are going to see a little bit of change? Maybe not the kind of change that we would like to see, but do you see things changing on the ground going forward? Um, I think it's uh, quite clear that the Home Ministry is serious about the fact, has taken notice of the fact that FIRs are not filed in time. In fact, uh, forget about being filed immediately. They take their own sweet time to file it. There are lots of unnecessary questions asked of the victims when it comes to violence against women, any form of violence, but especially rape, etc. Um, and uh, I think this is across the board. I don't think it has anything to do with politics. The fact is that we are still an extremely women-unfriendly country. It's a sad fact, but that is what is true. So I welcome this move from the uh, Home Ministry. And I hope, like you said, Frank, I don't think we can hope for an immediate, complete change as much as we would like it to be. But at the very least, I hope that they understand that now uh, they cannot get away with almost this, you know, sort of uh, lackadaisical attitude that they have against, uh, you know, that they have uh, with regard to crimes against women. Absolutely. Dr. Singh, let me bring you into the picture now. <laughs> you know, as far as FIRs are concerned, you know, uh, Ms. Kumar Mangalam was, you know, putting it lightly by saying that they take their own sweet time to file the FIRs. But in many cases, we've seen that the FIRs are not even registered. I mean, what is yes. what is the reason for that? Why does that happen? Mr. Pereira, there are two reasons. First, burking, that is minimization of crime. And also the fact that it gives the station house officer, the police station and the district police and puts them in a very negative light that they are unable to control crime. You take the example of Hathras. In that case also, what should have been done immediately did not happen for days together. So for the simple reason, they wanted to minimize their statistics, one, and also to cover up the whole case that it was not a gang rape. The entire exercise, why single out Hathras alone? Wherever this has happened, the insidious attempt not to register the case, and then you have two things. Section 154 of the Criminal Procedure Court says, when the complainant gives an application that discloses the commission of a cognizable offence, the station house officer shall register a case. The word used is shall and not will, meaning thereby yes. the SHO has no discretion whatsoever. In Lalita Kumari versus State of Uttar Pradesh, 
the Supreme Court is very clear that the case has to be registered. And for once, we thought the days of non-registration, 2013, we had the criminal, criminal Law Amendment Act, and we thought Justice Verma Commission would be the gospel truth. Unfortunately, nothing has happened. Even today, things are as bad as they were 25 years ago. And as Ms. Kumara Mangalamji had very learnedly and with a lot of anguish had said, we are a very women-unfriendly country even today. And the cult of masculinity that prevails, we treat atrocities and crime against women something very trivial, and they would not form the top 10 priorities of any police organization. I'm sorry to say that, Frank. Absolutely. Urmi Goswami, let me bring you to the picture now. We're talking about how India is a woman-unfriendly country. Several campaigns have been run in the past to try and address this particular problem. You know, several people, several uh, celebrities, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, well-meaning well people have come forward and spoke, tried to speak to the populace at large to try and address this issue. But somehow, it has not struck a chord really in the mindset of the people or things haven't changed the way we, we would like it to have. What is the reason for that, do you think? And how do we change this? Look at the conversation that happens <clears throat> after every such uh, crime that happens, heinous as it is, and as much as we must discuss the crime and punishment for the crime, our conversation never goes to prevention. Our conversation must be about preventing the crime. And it is only when we start focusing on ensuring that fewer crimes are committed that we can talk about a real change. So it's a small thing. If you remember in 2014, when Prime Minister Modi stood at the ramparts of the Red Fort and he asked Grace a very simple question. He said, when the girls go out, we ask them, where are you going? When are you coming back? We don't ask the same of our boys. And why don't we do that? It is that that kind of conversation that needs to happen. What are you doing on the practical level to ensure that fewer crimes are committed, which is inclusive of crimes against women? Do you have better patrolling that is happening? Do you have better lighting on the streets? Do you have you, are you designing your streets in a manner that there is more more people on the street, more activity on the street so that people feel safer to be there? And when I mean people, I mean all people, but definitely women. Are we creating that culture until we start talking, focusing on prevention and mm. having this conversation at times when, which are not always during the commission of such, such heinous crimes? That is the only time we'll see the real change happen. That is, the, that is the biggest change we need to bring, is when are we having this public conversation? Is it because when it happens around, the, around a crime that has been committed, all attention is focused on the crime. It's focused on how the police behave. Did, did they register an FIR? What did they do? What are the politics of it? So the conversation goes in another direction. What we have to ensure is that the conversation moves back to prevention. Why are these crimes happening? Why is it that this country still is women unfriendly? Why can't we start? What are the practical steps we can take? There are, yes, long-term social changes that are required, and that will also come. That will also need to come. We need to talk about those. But then what are practical things? As I mentioned, patrolling, increased patrolling is one. Women should feel safe to be able to go up to, go up to have access if they feel they're unsafe, to be able to approach a policeman. Fact is, today you won't see a policeman, even if they want, even if you want to approach one, anywhere. 
are we ensuring that we have fewer crimes against women i think that is where the conversation that is where a lot of the conversation needs to happen Absolutely. I think those are some very valid points that you raised. Let me take those points that you're making forward with the other panelists as well. Ms. Kumar Mangalam, practical steps is something that Udmi is talking about. Let me go back to a point that Dr. Singh was making also about statistics and how the cops are worried about, you know, statistics and all of those aspects. When are we going to start, stop looking at these crimes as just, mere st uh, as, as a ju just a mere statistic? Uh, you know, there has to be a huge cultural shift in the way Indians think. Uh, even today, most crimes, especially rape, don't take place in public. Most of them are within the homes uh, and uh, the victims are raped by people whom they know well. Relatives, uh, friends, um, relatives, friends, etc., etc. And they, are never, they never really make it even to a statistic. The, what, uh, I agree with what uh, um, Urmiji said. But we need to take it much further than just talking to our sons or questioning them about what are you doing and where are you going. Uh, we actually need to make sure that there is an open social and cultural condemnation of the overt, uh, you know, masculinity uh, that uh, still is so prevalent in our society, where girls and violence against women is just as uh, uh, Mr. Singh said, a statistic. It should not be that. In fact, I think, uh, I don't know if this is a practical suggestion, there should be some form of, you know, uh, 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 some praise given to, and it's like an incentive, for want of a better word, to uh, a policeman or to a lawmaker or to somebody who's supposed to uphold the law, who can prevent actively and show proactively that they have worked with the local. For example, the whole Hathras thing did not happen in a city where, there are, where the lights in the roads uh, mattered, etc. It happened in broad daylight and there was nobody nearby. It happened in the fields. And this has happened many, many, many times over the last few years. So we need to make sure that people, when they respond, even the local people, when they respond to a rape, it is not about, uh, you know, saying that the girl was bad character or waiting for her to make a dying declaration. But for us to change enough as a society to stand by the girl. Very few girls actually say they've been raped. You know, when they're in as bad a physical condition as this poor child was, it's not that she's trying to frame somebody or take revenge on somebody else. Uh, people will tell you that sections of the penal code have been misused. Girls cry rape when they're not married, or when some, they have sex with a, with, with a boy and then after that marriage doesn't follow through. Those are different issues. But when it comes to something like this, where it is obvious that she has faced real physical uh, you know, uh, an outraging of her modesty, to put it very mildly, when she's actually been violated physically, the police must immediately step in and give the child the benefit of the doubt, the child or the victim the benefit of the doubt. We very rarely do it. There has to be a cultural change at every level, at societal level, at family level, at community level, at the level of the police, at the level of the courts, at the level of, you know, the entire justice and the police system. And society, it's not a small ask, it's a very big ask, which is why we also need to stand together when it comes to this. What is happening? Everybody is blaming each other. The police is wrong here. The, the uh, you know, the relatives are talking nonsense. Uh, the government is saying something else. And this doesn't help the poor child who's been raped. There has to be uh, a much more firm and a much more united response to a rape. And rape should not become, you know, rape is always a question of power, always. 
whether it is you say caste is the problem or religion is the problem or whatever else is the problem any rape is a question of power the more powerful rapes the less powerful and rape is not always about sex in fact it's very rarely about sex you will see it is because the more powerful person can exert or you know misuse his or her power over the victim and this is what needs to change victims or likely victims must also be empowered this is part of prevention uh prevention overt prevention like street lights and the capacity to people to know the law etc is of course necessary but prevention that is not always measurable or seen so openly in public is equally important uh mothers for example need to stand by their daughters very often you will see patriarchy and i've said this many many times is not just in the heads and minds of men it's equally prevalent in women throughout the country it's often women who point fingers at other women what kya pen rahi thi what was she doing out in this time of the night why did she talk to the neighbor's son i mean you know these sort of questions are uh, are disgusting but unfortunately they are part of the reality of girls lives in india urban or rural and That's... we need to work on a culture also of prevention uh, this will need very great and very detailed work it's not going to get done in two or three years we have to start uh, by almost brainwashing young children and telling them that women and girls deserve respect they are no less than anybody else both boys and girls are equal till that comes and permeates right down to the bottom i'm afraid that we will just be tilting at will absolutely this is going to take a long time it has to start really yes. now i like the way that you said we need absolutely. to brainwash the children right from now to tell yes. them about what is good yes. and- that's that's the gravity of the situation there like you rightly pointed out that you have to use a word like you know brainwashing yeah. the children because that's how bad the situation is at the moment and that's what we need to do really going forward all right dr singh let me bring you in now uh, you know i like this point that ms kumara mangalam raised about incentivizing the good cop who does his job do you believe that that will go a long way in trying to address some of these problems the police personal on the ground actually going about doing his or her job or work absolutely every word spoken by both the esteemed panelists are sumptuous takeaways for all the police officers in the country and they could be a tutorial for their career advancement and professional building of their professional competence also i would say that every person the cult of masculinity that prevails in the police department is also partly responsible for the sorry state of affairs we are in today and therefore rewarding those those icons of excellence is an imperative and that must be done also every person every police officer and woman should be a, a one person army and an anti romeo squad himself or herself it is not for a particular squad to address the problem also building up criminal intelligence also has also been sub officers are very passionate the every police station has five records pertaining to this crime registered for if these are active list history sheets registered badmashan they should be updated the so's confidential notebook they should be as urmi ji has said put under surveillance every village has 12 government operatives the primary school teachers the asha bahus the fair price shop owners the licensed daran the village chokidar they could be because every village like corona you identify the possible patients and the super carriers identify the troublemakers and have them documented at the police station once you have documentation then identify an action taken at the school and at the home level of course all of you are very young in my time we were the law was unsparing both in school and in the parents if you are caught eve teasing then don't come back home 
your father and mother will disown you the school was the, the, the irish brothers and sisters were unsparing there was absolute zero tolerance towards a fact that if a person is not upright and not respectful towards the opposite sex there was no place for such a child in any good school therefore the message has to go 30 years ago frank no parent would go to a police station if the boy was caught eve teasing because he said that i'm sorry that this boy is my son today they would go in hordes move heaven and earth ke mere bacche hain how shameless parent can get you he is a child there is no doubt about it but the audacity with which you said that spare him and he is a multiple offender he has been to the jail and he has been in the police station for wrong kind of reason multiple time and then you have the temerity to come to the police station and say please release him here one last time this never happened earlier people left such delinquents on their own they had to fend for themselves yes this training has to begin at home and tell them that this is the lakshman rekha and beyond this your entry in school and home will be absolutely prohibited also the law should be unsparing and those who do good work in the police need to be honored and those who do not need to be shamed also and section 166a of the indian penal code was introduced by the verma commission for these delinquent police officers who do not do what they expected to do in such cases and very quickly mr singh a quick follow up follow up question more power also to the police do you think the right amount of power yes power to interrogate power to investigate and power also to have them on a longer period of police remand for interrogation and also to charge the parents for not having proper control over the child i think these are the things that would be very necessary i don't say give them more powers of arrest and incarceration but give them more powers in england it happens in usa that if the child is a delinquent or a deviant the parents are also held responsible and i would say that this is the time now also to hold the parents accountable as Uh, respected urmi ji had mentioned absolutely hold the parents res- uh, responsible that's a very good takeaway there the parents also should be equally responsible for their child's behavior all right let me bring in another aspect something that was touched upon by ms kumara mangalam earlier in her remarks uh, urmi goswami uh, justice system reforms or criminal justice system reforms how important are they going forward we saw the nirbhaya case you know it went on and on and on at the end stages do we need to address that particular issue as well well uh, criminal justice reform is critical as is police reforms i mean we have to reform the entire chain of system uh, there is no getting away from that so if we start at reforms i mean even within the police and and mr singh is much better placed to speak about this than i am but uh, as as uh, as a consumer of police services i would say that you be, there is a need to separate uh, investigation from maintaining law and order so you need to step up community policing which is what mr singh referred to earlier that you ensure that you know who are who are the players in the field who are the problem troublemakers or where are the trouble spots which are the hot spots what can happen it is also about then people being able to approach the police so you have to increase community policing for that you need to have police reform do you need justice reform uh, uh, reforms in the criminal justice system yes we do but we also have to understand one thing we have to give up this uh, this love we have for creating laws we love the idea of having a new law and we we'll say okay now we have a law and everything is resolved it is not okay. resolved it is not just about implementing the law but it is about ensuring that every step is taken that you do not have a crime in the first place 
I think that's where we need to start pulling back. We are we are looking we are trying to cure a problem by just addressing the end stage. We are we have to go beyond that. And I think that is why I keep stressing on the fact that we need to look at it as a prevention issue as much as an implement better policing, which is part of the prevention, and also better criminal justice outcomes so that there is right kinds of deterrent created. But it shouldn't become our silver bullet to resolving the, these problems. Right. How women are treated, crimes against women cannot be resolved in the court of law alone. They mm. have to be resolved much, much earlier. Okay, we need a holistic approach. We need to change the entire ecosystem itself is what you are suggesting, Urmi. I think we have to move towards that and we all need to be, uh, you know, as stakeholders, all of us need to move in that direction and we all have to contribute in some way or the other. Time now to get quick closing comments from all my panelists with the best way for forward, starting first with you, Ms. Kumar Manglam. Uh, there's one more point that I'd like to add that we must look at. That is facilitating better policemen to actually do a quicker job. Uh, most uh, districts in this country do not have good uh, quality forensic labs. Uh, there are very few forensic labs in this country. And, you know, the justice system is based on proof. Yes, the dying declaration of a victim cannot and should not be ignored. But not all victims actually uh, die. I, I mean, I, please don't take it in the wrong way. But the ones who don't do not have that, uh, you know, the dying declaration uh, even taking place. So the girls who are raped and who have to live with it, it's often said in India that you you get raped every day by people's comments and generally by, you know, society itself. We need to have the, the hands of the police system and the justice system also strengthened in some ways. And this is one way that I see. Uh, we must have good quality, easily accessible Forensic labs, which are accessible by every to every district throughout the country. One, two, we must uh, stop um, bringing politics into the question of any sort of violence against women. Uh, violence against women is endemic. Yes, when the police makes a mistake, as uh, Mr. Singh pointed out, under 166A, they must be punished and quickly punished. Uh, the time that is taken for any sort of action to be finalized. I mean, you saw what happened in Nirbhaya Eight years is agonizing. I'm glad the Home Ministry has said that in two months everything must be done. But there will always be, you know, loopholes that may be found by unscrupulous lawyers, by many people in the system, not just lawyers. I'm, I'm not saying only lawyers are at fault. But the law, and I agree with Urmiji when she says we don't need any more laws. We've got very, very strong laws in this country. It's in the, the implementation that we falter. So we need to, uh, you know, we need to have a much more united approach. Activism should not be about anything but the crime and the punishment that should be meted out quickly, efficiently and correctly. Absolutely. The rest of it does not matter. You can have one government in one state, uh, one party in one state at one time, changing every five years. The point is not that. The point is that women, regardless of whoever is in power, deserve justice. And this is, uh, you know, this is what should be uppermost in the minds of everybody who's fighting to see that especially heinous crimes such as rape do not occur. This is part of prevention. Uh, um, I mean, there are many other points that I could make, but I think I'd like Mrs. Singh and uh, Urmiji also make their points. Absolutely. Thank you for summing it up so well for us, Ms. Kumara Mangalam, Dr. Singh. Certainly, every stakeholder in this ecosystem needs to put its act together, whether the police, the prosecutors, 
the judiciary, the medical and health department, the NGOs, the rehabilitation centers are lawmakers. It is better to have a fewer laws that are implemented faithfully than large number of laws that are implemented loosely. And also, if we do not have a faithful and prompt implementation of law and the rule of law, we would have the horrific Hyderabad model overtaking us very soon. That will be a very scary situation. And therefore, it is in everybody's interest to put our act together and give a befitting response to the roadside Romeos and all those who are involved in this horrific crimes. Absolutely. All right, Urmi Goswami, close the show for us with your concluding remarks. Okay, so prevention, and prevention means, uh, of course, better socialization. Uh, so we start talking about the, the, the problems uh, and, and uh, we have right at the beginning, so that's schooling, at home, policing, better policing. We have, we have been through this uh, before, better implementation, better uh, institution building, so you have better forensics, uh, better use of DNA. So, and of course, much, much, much better prevention measures like patrolling, access to uh, authorities, uh, women and their complaints should be taken seriously. At the end of the day, we need to start realizing that it is not about coming in once a crime is committed and ensuring justice, but to take steps that ensure that fewer crimes are committed. And because not all crimes rise to the level where it takes a nation, uh, you know, takes the nation's attention. Sometimes, a lot, more often than not, these crimes don't get mentioned. We don't even hear of them. But does that mean they don't deserve justice? Or does that mean that their, their victimhood is any less uh, of, of one? So therefore, we have to ensure that we have fewer crimes and the crimes that do happen are dealt with in a timely manner. And, the, and those found guilty on the basis of evidence are actually punished. So that becomes a deterrent. Absolutely. All right. On that note, then I'll call it a wrap on this edition of The Big Picture. Thank you to all my panelists for joining me on the program and putting things into perspective for us. What's coming out of this discussion is that before, before I come to my conclusion, of course, unfortunately, crimes against women continue to take place day in and day out. We continue to discuss this particular subject every time there is a heinous crime that takes place anywhere in this country. But there have been some several important points that have been made by my panelists today. I'm going to take out some of those new points that have come out uh, on the discussion. One, of course, is the victim or likely victim needs to be empowered. Mothers need to stand by their daughters. We need to create a culture of prevention of crimes against women. Women need to stand up for women. That's what they need to do. Children need to be taught from now itself. It's already too late, but it's, not, it's, it's time to start right now. They need to be brainwashed about how a girl or a woman should be treated. Hold parents responsible for the actions of the children. Improve the investigative infrastructure. Every district in our country needs to have an easily accessible forensic lab. Violence against women should not be politicized as well. And it's my request to all viewers who are watching, let's take a pledge right now to stand up and ensure that there are no crimes against women. With that, it's a wrap. See you again next time.